Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and keynote speaker. Really excited about tonight's chat. We have a returning guest, uh, John Meehan, and we are talking about gamification and game-based learning, kind of a topic that gets meshed together, uh, somewhat rightfully so, somewhat not so. So we're going to kind of dive into that, the two of us. But before we do, John, can you please introduce yourself to our, you know, like three new listeners that we have this week? That's like double my listenership, man. It sounds great. <laughs> um, I'm John Meehan. Hi, everybody. I teach in uh, Washington, D.C. I'm a high school English teacher and an instructional coach out here. Uh, I wrote a book called Adrenaline Rush, all about game-changing student engagement, inspired by theme parks, mud runs, and escape rooms. And um, I'm a geek for for games, so I'm really excited to be back. Thanks, Michael. Uh, you bet. Always love chatting with you. So I guess let's dive right in with the two words. So uh, the what the like quick elevator pitch I always give for what gamification is. I always say that it's sort of the most motivational aspects of a game teased out. We're going to pull those instruments of sort of excitement, curiosity, wonder, all of that, those those things, those emotions we have when we play a game, pull those out and then apply them to a non-game setting. So we're, we're literally talking about not playing a game. <laughs> uh, and uh, that is my quick definition of gamification. What would be your your quick take on gamification, what it is? I think when I say game, so it, I, I, I want to back up and say, I feel bad every time we give these presentations, like you, I'm sure you give these two, like where people are like, we have to start by distinguishing between game-based learning and gamification. And it's like, why? It feels like it's just quibbling over semantics. It's a very small pool. So why chop it? Right? Like, um, with you. but at the same time, it is important that we understand when people look at me and the work that I do in my class, I'm like, oh, you're the class that plays games. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I, my kids are laughing. They're having a good time. They're, they're, they're being playful. They're being joyous. They're engaging. They're excited, but I am not sitting there and, you know, rolling dice and playing, you know, Yahtzee. That, that's not what we're doing. I guess the difference for me for gamification and game-based learning is game-based learning literally is like right off the shelf, uh, a product that is designed to be off the shelf and then back on the shelf it goes gamification for me is um like when i'm on my peloton bike it gives me like points and it gives me reasons to work harder and motivation to top my score when i ride in my uh my car i have a prius it gives the readouts of that was a good drive next time drive a little faster or drive a little slower and you'll get a better eco rating like that's gamification it's incentive to do better uh, the next time I do whatever that activity is. So I, I think about my classroom more like that. There is a lot of playfulness. There's a lot of joy, but it's not game-based joy. It's gamified, if that makes any sense. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out right away and say, one, I, I totally 100% agree. I don't like dividing the two communities. Arguably, if you're listening to this, they're both powerful tools you can use. I use game-based learning occasionally in my class i definitely use gamification all the time but what i'm going to say is like i don't know i don't want to be rude however be rude let's go wait if you don't if you don't want to be rude can i be rude 
<laughs> well, here's here's my like off the top of the head sort of analogy that I think I, why, why I am such a big proponent of gamification is arguably you're they're both designing a game. I'm taking those elements from a game and then applying them to my class to basically collect create a system of rules that kids have to follow to you know to complete the activity whether that's like times or like only one person can be working on it at a time and they got to switch right like whatever the rules are you're you are a game creator and here's what I'm going to sort of say where I love gamification is gamification is <laughs> there's like the possibly the bad analogy but it's sort of that Cinderella's slipper sort of moment like you designing for your classroom that fits perfectly and game of, and game based learning is like the two stepsisters that want it to work but like that shoe wasn't like perfectly designed for that foot right or for your classroom right so I could pull off Monopoly off the shelf put it in my classroom teach some kids about resources and limited supply and demand and whatever like and it would work for my world history class, but it like it'd be somewhat shoehorning that in. Where gamification, yeah. I got to design the activity for my students, my curriculum in my classroom. Like it doesn't get a better fit than that. I I think I mean, and that's where the discrepancy only winds up making people almost like poo-poo one of them, like and like you know, you know, throw dirt all over it to be to be very PG about it, like when they're on or in a presentation on a presentation on, on zoom or skype they're like we want to make it clear that this is about gamification they talk about that that's like the big boy table right and this game-based learning is like a nix and a bad um i think it's important very quickly to understand though that like game-based learning you think about jeopardy that is a game to base learn right like you just play the jeopardy game when the jeopardy game is over you have learned whatever the jeopardy game tried to teach you um things like kahoot or blue kit uh things like uh quizzes, um, you know, GimKit. Those are awesome applications of a game-based approach to a learning activity. But you said it, Michael, like it is that shoe, I, I use the word off the shelf product, right? Like that is a thing that you pay a price and that software, that platform runs where you put in your questions and it presents, well, it's effectively multiple choice type questions um, in a playful environment. So that I think that's important to, to recognize that game-based platforms use gamification, but not all gamification has anything to do with game-based learning. Yeah, right? 100%. I, I still have COVID brain, so I'm trying to figure out if I got that, that Venn diagram right. But that, feels... that worked. Okay, good. Uh, I think, I don't know, like I said, I think both are powerful, and I really don't want this to, like you said, be throwing any sort of shade on each other. Because uh, the, these are two powerful tools that, again, come together, as you just pointed out. A lot of times, they do overlap. You are playing a game in which you're doing some other game mechanics. Um, you <laughs> like, Kind of by definition, a game is gamification, because it is the only thing that separates it from it is the fact that gamification is teasing the elements out of a game and applying it to a non-game setting. So basically, you are turning things into games. So Correct. In effect, you're playing games. It's just not off the shelf. I think, well, you know, and that, that does make one sound like it's the, the Cadillac and one like it's the uh, the Kmart version of, right? But I, I think if you look at it, 
I look at it as fast food versus uh, home <laughs> so cooked you, meal. So you are throwing shade. <laughs> well, no, again, not that it's bad. Like I know everything fast serves food. its purpose. You have been very, uh, very uh, well documented in your in your feelings about being a foodie. Uh, yeah, well, like I like I had some fast food this weekend because I was working, 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 working. I know it's rare, <laughs> but I was working like I put in like sixty hours this weekend. Uh, we had a three-day weekend, but nice. yeah, I put in like 16, 17-hour days. Uh, didn't really have time, so fast food was good. It was quick. It served, <laughs> its, served its purpose. Uh, and again, it is it is it is a thing that could be done in small doses, but you should not depend on that as your everyday meat and potatoes, right? Like, and I think that's that's it. Is game-based learning if you do it every minute of every day. There's a diminishing return, just like if you did lecture every day or if you did I was say, like fill in any blank there pedagogy. Right. And in truth, there are some things it does incredibly well, um, like game based learning. Uh, I'll use an escape room. I, I wrote the book on escape rooms. That's right, y'all. <laughs> but like <laughs> escape rooms um, are great game based learning in playing the game. You learn the critical thinking skills. Amazing. But the problem for me when playing those games is, A, it took a lot of time for me to design those games as, as game-based. And B, uh, whether you're putting in questions to a Kahoot or a Quizzes or a, a Gim Kit or a, you know, a Blue Kit, you, the teacher, are putting in 50 or 20 or 100 questions, whatever it is, or designing 100 different uh, escape room challenges, whatever that looks like. But the average student, the second the game is over, Oftentimes, like the learning is over too, and it only works for a certain part of an activity. Like, the review game is only good to review content. You can't use the escape room to teach new content because every kid in the class is not guaranteed to have access to every clue of the station. Um, and, I, and I think that that for me was kind of the the drift from just off the shelf products to. I mean, I think we wanted to make up our own terms. Maybe you would say gamification is really the science of game design yeah i mean like that's i mean when i talk at a you know professional development event i often talk about us as sort of game designers because uh, ultimately i love what a game designer has to go through to create a successful game you you constantly have to think about the push-pull effect that's happening on on the user, right? So we don't want everything to be easy. So you don't you're not laying it out in this perfect ramp that's going to just lead them up to success. Like that's not a game. But at the same time, you also don't want it to be the steepest cliff that that's like impossible to climb. Like that's sure. not a fun game either. Uh, so finding that right balance. I also think too game like game designers have to design. I mean, this blows my mind. I had a sub today. And trying to type out like directions for my students, trying to type out directions for the sub, you know, that's incredibly hard to teach somebody else something when you are not present at all. And so, you know, the game designer, like especially I'm thinking like a video game designer or I play a lot of board games, I got to read these directions and like they have to be pretty airtight because you've been around a kitchen table where, I mean, people are going to be like, no, 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 I can totally do this. It does not say that I can't. And it's like, well, that's game breaking. Like they clearly had to mean like, Ooh, or a video game. You're kind of like, what am I like load Mario up? Absolutely love that game. No, no problem there. But like, you still have to like figure it out. I mean, it's so ingrained in 
your head and my head that we get it like jump get the coin like dodge the bad guys but if you've like never played a video game that's going to take a little bit of time and actually in the first mario which i absolutely love as well if you truly think about it you don't meet like bowser and find out about the princess and all the problems right away like you start and you run and you break some blocks and get a coin dodge some sort of like koopa that kind of looks like a mushroom but then you eat the mushroom and it makes you big (laughs) then you like get to the end you grab a flagpole get some points for it run into a castle and you still don't know what the hell you're doing and like why you're doing it (laughs) (laughs) well i think i mean going to to good game design in some ways games are deliberately designed as broken things that it is up to the player or the user to be the missing piece and fix to, to fix it and I think that that's, there's a real beauty in that. Like, I think that, you know, I talk often about the, the quote game of school, but like this, this idea of school is a, is a game in a lot of ways that someone back in antiquity sat down and made the rules of school. There would be levels, we call them grades, right? There'd be points, we call them um, like tests and quizzes, right? There would be timers and that would be your 180 days in your curriculum. Students would progress or be held back. So there are levels, right? You know, and then they, they, also have this system of, and they'll behave or else they'll get a phone call home or they'll get some sort of demerit or some sort of detention and some sort of permanent record, whatever that means. So that's like a leaderboard, right? And then we, on the high end, we create uh, valedictorians and honor societies and we give weighted grades for these advanced courses. This is all made up. Like it's all pretend. Someone somewhere who is just as smart or as not smart as me um, sat down and said, I think we should have this and that will beget this and that will, so just a series of rules, right? So I think when you think about what game design requires is an internally logical, consistent set of rules that needs to work and needs to incentivize the desired behavior. I think the challenge though is that school is often predicated on the game of, well, you should fear punishment and you should crave reward. Um, it never once accounts for like curiosity um, or like just knowledge for its own sake. And I think that's where games do so well. And I think that's one reason why people, my students love my class, frankly, is because all play begins with consent. Like you say, hey, I, I want to play or no, I don't want to play that way or you don't play the way I want to play. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Like I think game based learning works because it's, hey, guys, do you want a break from school so we can just do this, you know, cotton candy, uh, you know, fast food version of kids like that. It feels like a break from the other heavy, heady rules that are just designed to, like, punish. Um, and I think that we have to do a better job of learning from both of those things, the science and the and the, you know, like the structure. I Yeah, I mean, both, like I said, both are needed i think what i like about game-based learning uh well one like i said time and place i mean like i really like i mean an ed tech tool that i use quite a bit in my class that has game game based learning in it a little bit is uh quizzes like they added some like team features and some other things that make it a little more gamey and less just quizzy and i really like that tool you know um I know Blue Kit is the one that came out this year, uh, and that one has different modes and kind of all variations on the theme. It's still all of them are still answer a multiple choice question, but right. fun, 
I, I, my kids loved it. And I will say that when I used BlueKit, I did no direct instruction on terms related to poetry. And I just said, hey, guys, we're starting a brand new unit on poetry. I meet my students virtually one day a week and in person one day a week. Everything else is they're expected to teach themselves and like do the project stuff um, because we're on like a hybrid flex schedule because of the COVID stuff. Um, so on the in-person day, I would just start class off with a 10-minute blue kit and it would be the exact same blue kit we'd played the last time where it was just the poetry terms. So with no direct instruction over the course of a six-week unit, by the end of the unit, simply by playing the game, they had learned their poetry terms. That was amazing. Or they had learned how to answer the questions based on the sentence starters like I had memorized in Mario. I go down that pipe. I don't know why I'm going down pipes. I just do because it gets me through that game. Um, and I do wonder about what the yield or retention was after six weeks. Um, and I, um, I don't know. Uh, this is a slippery slope to go down for me. Uh, this year I have used more tools like that than I ever have before because of COVID. And I guess, frankly put, I was a little underwhelmed when when it actually came to like the teaching side of things. The joy side of things, awesome. The engagement, awesome. But I guess what I pride my work on, and I would herald your work as, as well, is these are joy-filled moments that are equally playful and powerful uh, when when you design it correct. And again, that is no knock on game-based learning, but I think some of my favorite game-based learning that I have done isn't these variations on the theme of multiple choice. It is more like actually using a game like Minecraft in your class or a history right. class. I've never been able to put this in a class because we haven't had the resources at our school to buy it but like if you were to play the game civilization right if i was if i could do that in fourth quarter that would be awesome we've learned about all these civilizations now actually have them play this game maybe make them make connections to what we've learned maybe have them like answer questions based on things unlocked in the game super cool like super powerful sim city would be a good one right like uh i play in my class one board game it's called antique it's a great board game we don't need to get into that but uh, it's like an ancient version of risk with a little more commodities in there and like there's just a little more to think about and we play the game and the game component actually is just playful play like there is no like they don't get scored on the game it doesn't matter um but what happens in the game the territories they take over and in that game the victory points are leader cards they're leaders of science leaders of military so every place they take over and every leader card they get it, they're writing down and then this becomes their like research like menu when the game is over and they're all they're actually based in real historical Correct. civilizations yeah so like they've already kind of again that's pre-teaching right like they've dipped their toes in the waters up i mean like and i think with game-based learning so i was uh working as a, a, as a coach with a teacher who um, is in a creative writing class. Uh, and I said, uh, why don't you use uh, Telltale Games uh, before they went out under, um, had um, a, a web-based game uh, was available for free on iOS, and, or at least the first level was, and then uh, Xbox and some, and it was the Walking Dead comic. And it was like a, a choice game. Like, you know, you, you are presented, do you go left, do you go right? And every choice you made, like, characters died. 
like, uh, you know, non-playable characters kind of kind of bit it. And then they reflected on their experience in no two adventures are alike. Play it for, you know, first time, save Bob, play it again, save Eileen, just a different way every time. Right. And then they reflect on, wow, I felt empathy towards that person. I felt fear. I felt loss. I felt frustration. And like that was a storytelling tool that then helped them write their own narrative of well, what happened. It's almost like a fan fiction. And for that, I think like game based learning can be very powerful as a thin end of the wedge to get students excited about an X, a Y, or a Z. But it can't, again, like, I, 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 I struggle to see how you can subsist on it. Um, and I know in COVID we all look for, like, those fixes because we just want our students to have something to, like, do something, right? But yeah, we just got to – I think we have to be very, very careful. I, I, I'm, again, there's nothing bad about it at all. But it loses effect if that's what we reduce all of our work to. Um, I think you said one time, like, <laughs> you can't write a book about 50 ways to give a sticker. Um. That's, that's right. Like, uh, like, like I said, I mean, they're good time and place. Uh, I'm glad that we're having this discussion because this gets every once in a while, and I hope this does not kick it up. <laughs> but every once in a while on Twitter, there'll be this big explosion of people writing about the two. And the camps draw lines, and I think this only serves to hurt the work of all of us because arguably if you listen to what we're saying the two actually have a very synergistic relationship uh and and both have powerful elements both have great things about them and again going back to that synergy it, it like you you kind of need both again if i'm talking about gamification i'm talking about teasing out the the best bits of a game I have to start with a game in yeah. mind to do that. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like when I played my first escape room and I did it and I designed it and I loved it and it took forever to build it out. It was that that led me to say, this is good, but it's limited. But I had to play it to find out where those limitations were. And that made me say, ah, I need like a activity where every student is guaranteed to do all of the puzzles, whatever the puzzles are, whatever the tasks or activities are. And it's in playing the game that you learn that the game can evolve and we use a springboard for. And I mean, like that helped me create the QR break-in, which, you know, then led to the book and all that stuff. And it's just like, you don't know until you start playing with GimKit that, wow, that's an enhancement on what Kahoot was doing. And Kahoot was an enhancement on what you're doing with your multiple choice test. So like, those, those are good things. Those next level games do push us. And the game designers have been, I mean, like, you know, Josh from GimKit, he's always making new modes and BlueKit's always making new, new variants. And like, that's great. It's great for students. It adds variety. It adds novelty. Our brains are hardwired for that. And it gets a student at least to raise an eyebrow. If you can get them to raise an eyebrow, you can get them into your classroom. That's good news. Um, but I just think we have to be very careful. And I, I think that anybody who's listening, it's not a hard line in the sand where we say, you know, we're, we're uh, the hoity-toities. We don't play with that one. It's like, no, it's just correct. Just be mindful that it has a purpose, a different purpose. Yeah. I, I mean, I 100% agree. And I hope that people like hear kind of john's story there of of growth uh you know how these games are sort of iterative in terms of an industry and i think what john and i have seen in our work presenting around the united states that we see people that embrace gamification get that same iterative process they get stronger so even when you take a kahoot a gim kit a blue kit when you're when you're trained up 
on being a game designer, you start to see how you can go back to those tools and give them a little ed tech spin, I like to think about, like a, like a DJ, right? You're taking that record. <laughs> that that record should be played one way and one way only. And then you're like, but but why? We could we could play that same record a little different. You are wiggity wiggity whack, Michael. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think it's fun and I think that that ultimately like it, you know, curiosity opens new doors and it makes you say, Hey, that was fun. I wonder if I could do it this way. I don't know. Let's try it. Like, I can't tell you how many times I was, I, I always say on Twitter, like I made a thing, like I was watching South Park the other day and South Park had an episode with like a home shopping network. Uh, and I was like, Hey, that'd be cool. I can make a home shopping network inspired game where my students had to like sell a product. And then like, it's basically a presentation but they have like a whole, a whole interface that looks like a home shopping network thing. They have to set a price. They have to say, buy now for the low, low, but wait, there's more. Talk about rhetoric and persuasion, getting people to you know buy and sell and like a friendly competition of who can do the best presentation. Give that over to a thing like Flipgrid, which is kind of gamey. Like, okay, make a short video between 30 seconds and one minute. And it has to use this cool template. Now it has a nice interface and you have to read, write, speak and present. Hang on a second. All of those elements of fun, dopey, small, game-based stuff then come together to a really cohesive thing that, I mean, that makes students excited to, quote, play school. And through the, quote, playing of school, when they focus on the quality of the work they're turning in, they're actually getting good grades as a consequence versus just focusing on the points they're going to rack up for the multiple choice style game. I love that example of, you know, how the two sort of work together there and one inspired another the, the the components coming together to truly sort of form that moment that is again playful and powerful and i think when we can do that really by any means <laughs> like that is that is a win covid or not you know trying to give students those those magical moments those the, the, those those important moments uh, i almost don't want to use the word magical because that makes it seem like like a wish or a dream, like we, we can put in the hard work. It's not magical. We can put in the hard work to make an experience that's immersive, that, that fills them with wonder and curiosity, but also empowers them with new skills. Like you said, like you do that home shopping network, like who cares about that? But wait a minute, hit the brakes. Kids are presenting, kids are engaged, kids are thinking through kind of the layout and the look. So many higher order thing skills over and above just the writing and the speaking, but the writing and the speaking is also a hard thing to do. And I don't like what the whole thing, the whole thing exists in the higher order thinking sort of band. Very like, quick. That's and it's inspired by the dopiest, like something that's nowhere near school appropriate, right? Like I wouldn't put a South Park episode on like, Hey guys, we're going to watch South Park. No, I'm not doing that. We're not going to play grand theft auto together, but I can look at an open world map where you literally can do anything. And I'm like, what if school had more of an open world design where students could work as they would? I mean, you end up looking a lot more like a Montessori uh, model where students choose their own way to learn on any given minute of day. And all the tasks have been curated by a good game designer back to the beginning conversation where we've built this thing with very strict rules. Games are all about rules and math, but got it. we've done it in a way that there's an excitement and uh, you lean forward where uh, the reward for correct answers, as you know, Doug Lemoff writes in his book, uh, you know, teach like a champion. The reward for correct answers is harder questions. So the learning never stops. I absolutely love it. 
Well, that's taken us right to our uh, reflection time. And today's quote is brought to us by Jesse Scholl, uh, who is an American video game designer and author and works at Carnegie Mellon University and in the computer science department. You ready for this this quote? Let's give it a go, Michael. I feel like we've I mean like normally our energy is higher because we're always so nice. So I want to make sure that like everyone walks away knowing we're not actually mad about people who is using games. And I hope we can come across at the end, like land the plane and still make people feel like that comes through. Uh so I think here here is where I can like prove I think without a reasonable doubt at all that I love games is I own eight gajillion board games. So like, and one of the things I always talk to my daughter about it is I absolutely love that I have to constantly engage my mind. It is a moving puzzle and it's good for the mind. It's good for communication. I mean, it's good for a lot of reasons. So I am not anti either of these camps. Again, I think both are needed in our classrooms. Both are needed in our lives. Uh, you know, so yeah, I hope everyone hears if you see another Twitter community, you know, schism between the two for fluffle, like shut that right down, shut that down. Say guys, they're both needed. All right. So let's go to the quote. Let's go. Quote game mechanics are the core of what the game truly is. They are the interactions and relationships that remain when all the aesthetics, technology, and story are stripped away. I love it. Um, you mentioned Minecraft earlier, and I think that immediately comes to mind. Um, it is the worst graphics of a modern video game, and it's done on purpose as worst graphics, because it's never been about the graphics. It's about the process of creation. Legos work exactly the same way. Um, it's that feeling of, hey, I made a thing. Like I say on Twitter, I made a thing. Look at this. Like the students have I made a thing. They're proud. They're excited. They want to show you. They want to like walk you through all the little doors and the chambers. And then um, they had to do it with the limitations of only square pieces that were only so big. Um, the graphics were never great. Uh, I love that. And it really does, you know, make me walk away saying we are doing the right thing. <laughs> I, I think that uh, what I love about the quote is this idea like when I go present I'm, I often am talking about game mechanics and how we can apply them a lot of my presentations walk you through a couple of them my book I think details like 28 and it doesn't end there I mean there are so many mechanics so many different ways they can interchange and interface between the mechanics but what I love here is it it just sort of defines it almost in a cold way like right when you take away all the fluff like if we take Kahoot and we take away the leaderboard we take away the music we take away the orange background and the purple you take it all away the game mechanics are time and like points correct answer right like that those are the three mechanics um and when we strip it away like we just did with Kahoot I think it helps us as teachers learn how we can apply game mechanics because now you are looking at sort of the skeletal version of a game. I mean, here it is. Let's remove. You're not, you're not a robber baron. You're not like building your monopoly. Like it is get property, right? Which it doesn't even matter. Get these squares that have varying value and varying payouts and you need to be the richest, right? So 
looking st- strictly at that. I kind of I kind of dig that because I while I would not want to play a game in its skeletal form, then what we can talk about after you have game mechanics is kind of that intentionally like layering on and then all of a sudden just like a just like a paint you know a painting you like might do a first wash of all blue and then you sort of add some green and then you add the foreground and like you just layer and layer and all of a sudden it's this rich experience that kids love and the music's there and it's funny and this bops and that bops and the leaderboard and this pops up and you're like all of that doesn't matter as far as the game is concerned (laughs) right it was about the feeling of making sure you had the highest score first and everything else just bells and whistles and, and, and dressings. It is about that, that, that core uh, game mechanic. And I that, like Michael. And that ties us together, right? Because like, that's true of gamification too. I mean, like, there are aesthetics that have been placed in its place. I always play like pump-up music or like battle music from some movie or something like that, some epic score when we're doing something. Not needed. Like that is not a game element. <laughs> or it's not a game mechanic. It is a game element, right? It like adds to that it's like the flavor text on pokemon cards not needed you don't need to necessarily know where this char char comes from doesn't matter you just need to know that it does some sort of hit or whatever or block but they put that flavor text in there i didn't know the pokemon have flavored (laughs) nice uh well john thank you so much for being part of the well-played community we absolutely love having you on the show i feel like we should get you back and get you back soon this is yeah man love to do it been too long uh everybody else thank you so much for being part of the well-played community i love love uh getting tweets from you guys each week how you are loving the show i really appreciate the connections i hope you guys have a good week and play on